Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Walt Disney Imagineering has some new leadership. Closures have been announced at Disney's Hollywood Studios as the company gets ready to start construction on Star Wars Land and Toy Story Land. And we'll have a review of Tony's Town Square Restaurant and the Magic Kingdom. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 869, for the week of January 19th, 2016. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined at the table this week by my good friends, former U.N. Secretary General Dag Hammarskjöld. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Dag. <laughs> Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony-winning actress Rita Moreno. <laughs> I had a ding. <laughs> Emmy-winning comedian Roseanne Barr. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Former NSYNC member Lance Bass. <laughs> oh, no. I'm still happy to be here. <laughs> and back in the production nook, our intern, Chloe Kardashian. Hello. <laughs> oh, and last but certainly not least, our lovely and talented producer, Craig. Hi. I just I thought need, that was something a little cool. Yes. Who is my guy? Dag Hammerschult. I gotta go find a picture there of him. There's a plaza of him. Mm-hmm. There is a There's plaza a plaza named, named for him in uh, New York. You know the plaza walking uh, that you walk up to get to the Christmas tree? Yes. It usually has all the angels in it? That is Dag Hammerschult Plaza. They named that after you. Oh, I thought He was that, a Nobel Prize winner. I thought he was that, the head of the UN. I thought that mm-hmm. was the place where you got those knick-knack, like you got drones and robots and stuff. Uh, maybe, but I'm I'm making stuff up. I don't know <laughs> oh, if he was Hammaker all those Schlemmer. things I just told you. No, it's Hammaker Schlemmer. Oh. <laughs> so welcome person. to the show, everybody. Hope you're having a good week. I certainly am so far, but it's only Tuesday. There's time for things to go south. Uh, a couple things in housekeeping. Want to remind everyone? Am I? It's my volume. Just did it just go down? No. Okay. Then I'm losing my hearing as, we, as you're watching. I'm, the week is getting worse for you. It is already. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to remind everyone to check out the Diz Unplugged Facebook page, facebook.com slash Be sure to like and follow us there and be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Got a couple of YouTube channels going right now. Um, YouTube.com slash info for Diz videos. Uh, the Diz Unplugged YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Diz Unplugged. And, of course, the new Dreams Unlimited Travel YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Dreams Unlimited Travel. And you can check out all of our shows and videos and offerings across our empire. So speaking <laughs> of the empire, I uh, want to remind everybody about the shows we have coming up this week. Uh, next Monday, the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast will have part two of the Viking River Cruise that is in correct. Paris. So part one went up this past this past Monday. Right. Part two will be more of about the itinerary uh, and the ports that we stopped at and our experience of those. Did anybody get a chance to watch the first one? I haven't had a chance. I yet. did. I know you did. <laughs> you were there. <laughs> we have pictures of the exploding shower. Mm. Getting a lot of feedback on the exploding shower in our stateroom, so... Oh, cool. <laughs> That's a good story. That yeah, was a great story. Um, 
Also, on Mondays, the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged this week, the team discusses this week's Disneyland news, including their thoughts about updates coming to the Rivers of America. Plus, Tom Bell takes a look at the Courtyard theme park entrance. I'm guessing that's a hotel called the Courtyard theme park entrance. I bet they don't have an exploding shower. Really? And uh, every Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, DizUnplugged.com, The Trip, with Jenny Lynn Knopp, Teresa Eccles, and Jackie Gailey. Do we know what they're talking about this week, Craig? I believe they are talking about a dining experience at downtown, sorry, Disney Springs. Oh, okay. Yes. Very good. And, of course, Thursdays, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, DizUnplugged.com, the universal edition of the Diz Unplugged with Craig Williams, Rhino Clavin, and Jenny Lynn Knopp. And this week, you are talking about uh, dealing with the construction? Yes, there's a lot of construction going on uh, at Universal, just like Disney, and I guess every place everywhere. But uh, right now, Universal Studios Florida is pretty well ripped apart. Uh, Islands of Adventure isn't doing that great either, so we're going to talk about how to best traverse these parks while all this construction is happening. Sounds good. And of course, Fridays through the month of January, connecting with Walt. With Michael Bowling and Craig Williams uh, this week, this Friday, Michael and Craig discuss how the Reedy Creek Improvement District came into existence as part of Walt's plan to build Walt Disney World. So that's on Friday on iTunes. That's audio only. Um, And uh, you can subscribe to that and all our shows on iTunes. But just go to disunplug.com. You find the show notes, links to all this, how to subscribe, all that good stuff, all our videos, everything all in one, easy to find place. Disunplugged.com. So, uh, anything else in housekeeping? I just wanted to give a quick thank you to everybody who sent words of encouragement and congratulations when Katie and I did the 5K. I was just amazed at the people that were, you know, supportive. That's and, cool. And congratulations that was, on that. Oh, thank you. I said that you know it was something I never thought I could do once, and then I did it the second time. So it's it's pretty cool to know that people are out there that care absolutely i just want to give a shout out to the school districts in uh, massachusetts 12 of them are under bomb threats at this point in time Mm -hmm. and hopefully by the time you watch this this is over but so far there's been nothing credible and nothing's been found but i just wanted to keep them in our thoughts there's a lot of chat about your scarf in chat Um, disneyland paris and does dreams book that Disneyland Paris. We absolutely booked Disneyland sure. Paris. We, we have yeah. a scarf tour coming. <laughs> it's 50 degrees outside. It's scarf weather. It is scarf weather. Mm-hmm. And we all decided to go very colorful today. We are in various shades of gray. Yeah, really. <laughs> We're all in mourning. Yeah. Um, you have a shout out or something you want oh, yeah. to mention? There's a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, great feedback on like the new intro of the show, of the, the Diz show, the... Um, the, the Dreams Unlimited logo. I just want to give a shout out to Will Perry, who is the behind the scenes person that does all this stuff. So um, I think they look great too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anything else we have for housekeeping? Oh, yes. Hang on. It takes me a second. By all means, move at a glacial pace. You know how that thrills <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> that's, that's the only pace I move at. I am the glacier. And I am the walrus. Um, I have a friend named Richard Buxton. He's from Manchester, England. Yeah, look that up. Uh-huh. <laughs> Such a good friend. <laughs> really close. An excellent friend. friend. And his 50th birthday is coming up. And this is what he wanted more than anything else. 
for us to say his name on the podcast. So I felt like I had to say Richard's name. Okay. Well, was that worth waiting for? That, Richard. Richard Buxton. I. Can I finish? No. No. Why? Okay, finish. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Is this um, my committee now? <laughs> Richard, apparently he thinks so. Um, his life's about to get more difficult. <laughs> um, so, Richard Buxton, uh, congratulations on 50. Uh, as someone who has survived it, um, it's, uh, it's not as bad as you, as you think. But if, if all you wanted in the world was to have your name mentioned on this show, I, I mean, I appreciate that. Um, but my, my, my gift to you is this bit of advice. Aim higher. <laughs> okay. Happy birthday, Richard. From the seven shades of gray. <laughs> well, speaking of people who uh, absolutely wanted their names to get mentioned on this show because of their birthday, Teresa wants to remind everyone that she just celebrated her birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Teresa. Oh, that's right. That excellent. We've turned into the Wolfman Jack show. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't like doing the birthday shout-outs, because now we're going to have Everybody's a thousand emails. Well, I'm not doing any for, just for my friend Richard Buxton, whose name I had to look up. <laughs> Your good friend. Well, the only reason, she, first of all, it was Richard Burton. <laughs> oh, I would, I would mention him, too. I liked Richard Burton. All right. Anything else? Any of the birthdays, anniversaries, bar mitzvahs, bris? <laughs> I know we can't do wanted. this. We can't do this anymore, but I thought Richard Buxton deserved it. I could Yes, absolutely. What the heck? I think Groundhog Day is coming up soon. I'm going to throw something at you. Okie dokie. <laughs> I am. Anything else? His hearing has already started to go. Wait till his eyesight goes, then you're safe. All right. Well, if there is anything else, we're not going to talk about it. On to the news with John. <laughs> Thank goodness. It's not like it took forever to get to me. Our first news story, Bob Weiss named president of Walt Disney Imagineering. Bob Chapik, chairman of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, announced in a memo Friday that Bob Weiss will, come, will become president of Walt Disney Imagineering. Weiss is currently a vice president at Imagineering and has been overseeing the work at the Shanghai Disney Resort that opens later this year. Weiss's appointment consolidates two current positions – Bruce Vaughn, the current chief creative executive for Imagineering, will leave the company after a transition period. And Craig Russell, the chief design and project delivery executive, will remain at Imagineering, but not in the same role. Besides finishing up the work in Shanghai, Walt Disney Imagineering has a busy few years ahead of it, with Star Wars projects on both U.S. coasts, plus Toy Story and Avatar theme lands at Walt Disney World. In addition to the recent work at Shanghai Disneyland, Weiss, Weiss oversaw, oversaw the redesign of Disney's California Adventure and before that helped design Disney MGM Studios, now Disney's Hollywood Studios. According to Bob Chappick, quote, since creativity is at the heart of what we do, we need to relentlessly innovate and, in, and evolve our organization. Well, it's always a big deal when... There's a leadership change at Walt Disney Imagineering. It's a fairly important job. Uh, this is not ceremonial by any means. This person sets the agenda, basically, for what Imagineering does. And I don't know enough about him to be able to speak intelligently to, you know, if he oversaw Shanghai. As you say, that's a major project. That's, that's, not, yeah, that's a huge. multi-billion dollar project. Um, so I, I think it remains to, you know, I think we'll get our first glimpse into 
how good he is once Shanghai opens in June and what the reviews are coming out of that, which I'd love to be there for that, but it's going to be, oh my God, that's no, going to be crazy. Be there for the opening. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy. But Maybe okay. in 2017. Yeah. Maybe. For sure. All right, moving on to our second news story. Construction begins at Disney Hollywood Studios. The Walt Disney Company, <clears throat> excuse me, Walt Disney World has confirmed that the iconic Earful Tower, a water tower with huge Mickey ears, will be removed at, at as Disney's, my goodness, <laughs> it will be removed as Disney's Hollywood Studios begins construction on two new areas themed to Star Wars and Toy Story. Disney will also close the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie set adventure, the Monsters, Inc. meet and greet, and the studio catering company, in addition to the April 2nd closure of the Lights, Motors, Action, Extreme Stunt Show that was announced earlier. No date was given for the removal of the tower. And the reason why they're saying the tower is coming down is that it's it would have changed how those areas look. Like that would be plopped right in the center of those areas, and they didn't think it was appropriate for the theming. They're going to replace it with a lightsaber. <laughs> well, there's some uh, some speculation that the, uh, the that that tower is going to be repurposed as the water tower at Disney Springs. Yeah, I heard the same thing. Um, is what I've been I've been reading. Uh, also, interestingly enough, starting to see speculation now about when we will see the opening of Star Wars Land and Toy Story Land. And a lot of the speculation revolves around 2018, which, if Disney could pull that off, would be huge. If by the time 2018 closes, both of those lands are open. And one of the things I was reading was that uh, the speculation is that as work on some of these other construction projects, namely Disney Springs and Avatar Land, as that work wraps up, those crews are going to be brought over. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, one of the things I read on the boards was that that's where I'm getting this from. There's this great thread. I'll put, we'll put a link to it in the show notes page. Uh, 2016 News Roundup. It's fantastic and great discussion and a lot of great speculation. We'll put a link to it. This is where I, I'm reading some of this. Uh, the, uh, the, the some, some are saying that you know Bob Iger is going to want to still be here when Star Wars and Toy Story Land opens, which I think makes a lot of sense. I think if I, I would want to be, um, we've talked on the show many times about the importance of Disney not taking 16 years to build this. I heard I was reading an article this morning that uh, they're trying to get it open at the same time Universal opens their Nintendo land so that they're both open around the same time. That would be interesting. When when is that supposed to open? Uh, There isn't a set time on when it's supposed to open. So they probably do want to beat them to it. And uh, it's going to be easy. All they have to do is be willing to uh, get a construction company who's willing to to take the bid on the the highest or the best price on getting it done quick. Um, well, I think I, I think in terms of for Disney right now, um, you know, as 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 we've said many many times on the show, this is not just about adding something new to the parks. This is about ensuring dominance for the next two decades. 
for Walt Disney World. They are seeing a competitor in Universal now that is cutting into their market share. This has never been the case before. So, you know, Disney has to get their ducks in a row. They have to deliver on these things quickly in order to really take the wind, try to take the wind out of Universal's sales. Do we remember how long it took to finish New Fantasyland? I want to say that was uh, that three, three, four years. I was going to say two, maybe closer to three. Well, I, I, I was, was here in 2010 visiting with my family, and it was closed, and it was still under construction. Well, they're still finishing up things during my college program in 2013. So I know it's okay. at least those three years. I, I yeah, I thought it was like three, four years that it was down. Well, for you had one. that one bunch, and but then they, they weren't had... under the gun. No, they, they weren't, weren't under the no. gun they at that point. They weren't under the gun, but they had it was a, a very different world. They also in had 2010. A, they also had a major. Um, infrastructure issue there and that they had the lagoon that they had to get rid of there was also mm. some other weird thing under the ground that they had to get rid of so uh, uh, Walt's frozen they did that yeah. frozen head, Body, yeah. Yeah. Frozen head. Right. do you think it's right like while they're you know preparing for Star Wars land that they still charge full price at this park that's no of that's course so stripped down of course not but it doesn't it, it, it doesn't seem to make a difference because people are still going to that park like <clears throat> nothing's nothing's happening. So, um, but you know, they're also trying to plus the hell out of everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. with the fireworks every night and the dance party and you know, the star Wars launch bay opening up and that stuff, they're trying to do everything they can to make, mm-hmm. you know, so I'll give them that. I'll give them that, that they are putting a real effort into adding some things to that park, albeit, you know, I don't, it's not enough to get me to stay there. Right. right. Um, I'm really dreading when our turn comes up to cover <laughs> Hollywood Studios yeah. Yeah. Um, in the park because that's going to be a month of please shoot me. But, um, you know, the park is, yeah, I mean, the park's going under major construction. And it will be interesting to see how long this really takes. Um, and like I said, you know, the comparison with New Fantasyland is almost apples and oranges at this point because... The gun was not to their head uh, with New Fantasyland the way right, it is Right, they now. can't play around on this one. They need to get going. And- they, need, they need to hit every mark. They need to hit their construction marks. And then what they, what they actually end up presenting has to blow everybody mm-hmm. away. They can't afford to miss on any of this. And right. they, you know what? As far as the finished product is concerned, I've got absolutely no... No concerns whatsoever that it's going to be anything other than amazing. Um, my my concern is and always has been how long will it take to do? Right. If these rumors, if this speculation proves to be correct, that we have this within the span of the next two to three years, then we're going to be looking at Avatar Land, Star Wars Land, and Toy Story Land all opening within that time frame. Okay. Now, of course, you know, it has been, it was confirmed over the holidays that that big plot of land on Universal Boulevard was in fact bought by Universal Studios. It's 400 acres, just enough for a nice big theme park. Um, But not officially confirmed. It is confirmed that they bought it. It is confirmed that they bought it. It is not confirmed what they're doing with it, but it is confirmed that they bought it, that they did option that land. Um, 
but they have not confirmed that they're actually going to build a theme park on it. But I don't know. What else, What do you think they might build there? You know, a shopping mall? Uh, actually, you know what? I actually think what you're going to see is you're going to see Universal's going to move their facilities from their backstage area to this land, to this new place, and they're going to expand the current theme Not parks. at 400 acres. Not at 400 they're acres. Gonna do, they're going to take part of it and do that, and you're going to see Harry Potter expand between the two parks. I disagree. I disagree wholeheartedly. I think this. I, yeah, we, <laughs> we got it. It's recorded. First of all, the location of this land is prime location. This is not where you put your administrative offices or your backstage stuff. You don't put that there. Um, and if you're going to do that, you're not going to buy it there, and you're not going to buy that much land. 400 acres is what you buy when you want hotels and theme parks. And that's they can fit. I think they they said they could. We, we, we've heard. I've heard that they could fit two or three hotels, the infrastructure to support it, and a theme park uh, of the size of the current Universal Studios on that hmm. land. Um, and I think that's the direction this is going to go. You're going to see shopping, dining, entertainment, and theme park on that 400 acres. And so, you know, that's why. And then I think I, I honestly I think once that's announced. Look at your clocks, look at your watches, and five minutes later, Disney's going to say, oh, by the way, once we're done with Star Wars land, we're going to open up, screw you, screw Universal land, um, <laughs> and uh, the screw Universal th- theme park. I'd it, love to see that logo. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, so it's, it, it's, it's, you know, fascinating to see, watch this happening. This is like, I, I totally geek out on this. Um, and it is, it's like, get your popcorn. This is such a great little battle that's going on right now and you know we're the ones who win we're the ones who win so all right enough of that all right next moving on to our third and final news story give me something else to talk about <laughs> disney world ticket scammer faces judge one of three suspects charged with reselling used walt disney world tickets to an osceola county detective and deputy faced the judge last thursday okay can you stop for a second just hold on for just a second oh we've seen this before just stop for just a second <laughs> well first of all Hello, Chewbacca, <laughs> with that hair. What the hell's up with that hair? Um, I am going to make a proposal here that the law in Florida be changed. That instead of arresting the scammers, arrest the idiots who are buying the damn tickets. Are these people really surprised when they get to the turnstiles and they find out their five-day park hopper is expired? There's a similar thought in countries in Europe when it comes to fake handbags. What they've done is they've made the law that says people can sell their fake handbags, but you can't own one. So they're going to arrest the person who purchases it. That's that's the theory that, you know, make that the deterrent. Yeah, I, I vote for that. <laughs> I vote for that. Arrest the people who are buying these tickets. What? Come on. Really? And she what was the? also selling out of, out of that gas station in Lake Buena Vista, that okay. ripoff gas yeah. station. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what Second could go city? wrong? What could go wrong? What? How many times did you hit your head before you <laughs> decided that was a good idea? 
that, oh, look at this seedy, nasty gas station that's ripping everybody off. Oh, look, there's a little counter there selling Disney tickets. That must be legitimate. Next to pizza. Because everybody. (laughs) There is no fixing stupid. Because everybody wants the cheapest thing. They found the deal. They found the thing. They can get in cheaper than anybody else. Whether it's right or wrong, that's what they want to do. And they, they run the risk of buying something that's bad for them. Put them in jail. All right, please put her picture back up. Uh, <laughs> Carrie Michelle Geith, along with Brett Snyder and Nola Davila, were arrested for unlawful, unlawful sale of multi-day event tickets. The three were at a ticket counter in a convenience store on State Road 535 and offered the undercover Osceola County deputy tickets that had leftover days on them. Advising that, <laughs> advising that they would need to use the original names on the tickets when they reached the theme park gates. Multi-day, multi-day Disney tickets are non-transferable. This was not the first time the suspects had been caught attempting the same scam. She hid them in her hair. Okay, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm really... Um, for those who are listening, if you can go find this picture that we're putting up right now. Um, I'm fascinated by this woman's hair. Um, was it electrocution? Was it? Were they knocking her with a cattle prod? What happened with this it's hair? Bad hair. She's got big hair. She's got big bad hair. Is that the guy from Twisted Sister? No, it's. I think. <laughs> Dee Snyder. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know what? She does look like Dee Snyder. Oh Lord. Yeah. Look, folks. Like I said, I think the people. Don't you buy just, your tickets from a gas station. Ah. Uh, yeah. If it sounds too good to be true, it is. If someone's offering you discounted tickets, don't buy them. And the you have to use legit- somebody else's name. And honestly, <laughs> yeah. the only legitimate discounted tickets, there are a few places in town that sell them. Uh, the official ticket center is one of them that we do business with. There's a, there's a few others. Um, the discounts on these tickets are maybe, depending on the ticket you're buying, where Disney World is concerned, maybe 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks. You're not going to find a five-day park hopper for $150. If you do, it's a ripoff, period. End of story. Um, now, when it comes to some, like, SeaWorld, even Universal, um, but even Universal, the, the discounts have gotten a lot smaller. Um, these are legitimate ticket brokers. Place like the official ticket center, they have a contract with Disney. Disney knows that they're doing this. Disney provides them with the tickets. So they're all, you know, it's legitimate. So there are legitimate ticket brokers out there. So if you want to save some money on tickets, especially if you're doing SeaWorld, Universal, some other off-site things, uh, Medieval Times, a lot of the dinner shows, those you can get really good prices on. That's what you do. You go there. There are also places that you'll see at gas stations and the mall and the outlets that will offer you free tickets. Those are timeshare tours. So don't confuse those with discounted tickets. You know, make sure if, if it is a timeshare tour, you know, you're, you're spending your whole day touring. Yeah. And, yeah. and just Sales do pitches. your research. Like, look around like, oh, what have people said anything online about this place? And, you know, it's probably a, a safe way to go about it. I mean, even the Internet, you've got to be a little sure that it's not a sketchy website. Right, but. exactly. However, I do believe that in a case like this, somebody says, oh, look, I can get something cheaper. I'm okay with taking the risk. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're telling me I have to use someone else's name and they're willing to do it. Yeah, again. They're not. You can't fix stupid. You can't. And so if you're going to do that and that's going to happen, I'm so, I got no pity for you. I really don't. 
I really don't. If if you're gonna, uh, I don't know. I don't know. All right, that'll do it for the yeah. news. My blood pressure's all up now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you, John. We will move on to rapid fire and see if there's any stories there to piss me off. We'll start with you, John. I'm very excited about this. Adult coloring books. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, is is this going not suitable for work? <laughs> no. <laughs> adult coloring books themed for Disney are now coming to Amazon. Apparently, adult coloring books are becoming very mm-hmm. popular. Big thing, yeah. They're for people who want to meditate and have sort of a therapy. They're very intricate. Their designs are extremely intricate, and you have to, I guess, color between the lines. Um, but <laughs> now they have ones that are specifically for Disney. You can get princesses, Frozen, Star Wars themes. Do they have them for, like, the iPad or? No, no. You they're actually, books. no, they're, they're like coloring books. books. Oh, I bought Julia a bunch last year and bought my sister some this year. I mean, there must be some for the Julie iPad. Julie loves it. Yeah, it's, my girlfriend has one, too. She loves it, too. What is the difference between an adult coloring book? Because these are, like, really intricate. Like, right. some of them are, like, these awesome patterns. And some it really takes a lot of detail to you – know, it takes some concentration. They to, say, people say that what right. they're doing is, again, people who want to sort of have a moment of meditation right. or um, sort of be able to shut down for a little bit and relax – this is what there are all these different types of patterns okay. you can buy. You can buy like floral or like very like Celtic stuff, and do buy good color pencils though. Prisma Dubai? color, Dubai, 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 yeah, and from <laughs> Dubai, those are the best ones. Um, but Prisma color, those are those are cool color pencils. See, like they do make them for the iPad Pro. Oh, Louis Vuitton makes them for adults. But I think it, I think the the object. Oh. What what, do you, what would you do? I mean. You'd print it out or you'd color on your iPad. I think the goal is to get the iPad Pro. You have the pencil. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So that's why I'm saying that. And and, oh, by the way, folks, if I haven't mentioned, if you don't have an iPad Pro, stop what you're doing right now. Go out and buy one. With the pencil, it's it's it changes changed my life. See, I would need my life. I would need the actual paper, like for the like for coloring books like this to get away from the. The computer. I think no, that's the thing is to pull computer. you away from. Look, if I'm go further co- into it. If I'm in the middle of coloring and then an email comes up, there goes my zen. <laughs> Put an airplane mode. <laughs> I want to buy adult adult coloring books. <laughs> okay. But then all the pink would run out. Like, my pink crayon would be good. Okay. Thank you, John. <laughs> Kevin. Next. HR. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Disney released a new promotion today. Da, 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 da. <laughs> really, jazz hands. Um, the new promotion is called the Summer Meal Deal Offer. Basically, the premise is if you book a full price package and buy tickets, you will get one counter surface meal per day. Per person per day. Per, per person per day. So what this means is you're paying full price for the tickets and the pa- and the hotel, but your kids are you and your kids are going to get a cheeseburger. Okay, here are the the, uh, the details. The package price is based on the party size and travel date provided. It includes a ticket valid for the number of nights of your stay plus one. The maximum number of ticket days included is 10. Tickets must be used within 14 days of first use. Availability is not guaranteed until payment is received, and it includes complimentary Disney quick service meal for each guest age 3 and older per room at a Disney Value Resort hotel. Uh, You can book through February 29th. The valid travel dates are May 29th through June 30th and July 5th through August 13th, 2016. 
Um, what else can I tell you? Exceptions are uh, campsites and Art of oh, we've heard Art about of animation. those people booking campsites just to get tickets and yep. not staying in the campsites, and the peop- other people can't camp. Right. So this is for value resorts only, and the exception of the value resorts are campsites and the. Art of Animation. Art of Animation, Little Mermaid rooms. The number of rooms allocated for this offer is limited. Advanced reservations are required. A minimum three-night length of stay is required. A minimum two-day Magic Your Way base ticket purchase is required. They cannot be combined with any other discount or promotion. And the offer, as John said, excludes campsites and Disney's Art of Animation, Little Mermaid rooms. It excludes alcoholic beverages and gratuities. And children aged three to nine must choose from the children's menu. Void where prohibited by law. Yeah. Do not fold, spindle, or mutilate. You need that guy that talks really fast when he's um, giving those details. Okay, so two things. Number one, this was an announcement uh, met with a thud on the internet. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, no one <laughs> that I'm seeing or talking to is excited or thinks this is a good thing. This is but not free dining. This is not free dining. But the bigger question for me is <clears throat> why in January... Is Disney having to boost their occupancy numbers over the summer at value resorts? Disney does not release anything like this ever. I don't care what it is for the summer months, unless there is a need. There's a reason free dining starts the end of August, because September is historically a very, very slow month. Disney has done a very good job of changing that. They've done a very good job of changing that in January, as I'm finding out going through the Magic Kingdom every Monday. But normally, the summer months took care of themselves. Occupancy, very high. I am wondering what it is that's driving this. The only thing I will say is, along those lines is it does end June 30th. So that's kind of there's no, some no it doesn't. Fifth through August 29th. That's true too. There's I a about the there's a, a brief break for the 4th of July. These are the kind of offers you give when your occupancy numbers are soft. And why are there and I have this is just like off the top of my head speculation. <laughs> what we're hearing and seeing as I just said, you know, uh, Craig and I have been in the Magic Kingdom a couple times now this month as part of what we're doing now. Everybody's in the parks at least two days a week. And, you know, I remember not that long ago, you could shoot a cannon down Main Street in January and not hit anybody. January not, 2nd. Not the case anymore. Not the case anymore. Disney's done a great job. Um, you know, we now granted, it was Martin Luther King uh, Day yesterday. Uh, Craig and I were over there. And, you know, 50-minute wait for a Big Thunder Mountain Railroad um, at 11 o'clock on a Monday morning in January. So I think what might be happening is that you have people saying, well, January's busy. September's busy. These are the slow months. I'm not going in. I'm not going to go in the summer. Also, we're talking about all of this construction. Pretty much everywhere. I wonder, I wonder if we're not seeing the beginnings of the boomerang effect. It's every discussion you hear is about crowds. And I'm not just talking about on the boards. I'm talking about articles in magazines and newspapers. 
by people who are not part of the community, people who are not us, that are taking their families to Disney. How many articles in the last six months have I seen from, from local newspapers to the New York Times talking about the crowds? Is it starting to get to a point where the boomerang is coming back on Disney and these crowd, the, the threat of these crowds is now keeping people away? And then what kind of response does Disney have to something like that? This certainly isn't. No, this, if you're trying to bring the people back, this offer wasn't it. This is a weird, weird, yeah. weird, weird offer all the way around. It's also Disney, in my opinion, Disney is floating a balloon to see exactly mm-hmm. what they can get away with yep. with free dining. Yep. How little can you give That's someone? That's a good point. Actually, yeah. you might be right. To anticipate, to entice them to stay. Well, there's also another thing. Apparently, mm-hmm. um, the Canadian exchange rate. Is very is not very good. They're not no. for discounted Canadians. Um, I also understand that's true of Australia. The Australian exchange rate is, yeah, very bad, very bad. And I know that um, some Canadians have started canceling their trips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that has anything to do with it. That maybe they're seeing a block of rooms become available. Well, at some point, I'm assuming. Disney will go back to doing a net par deal for Canada. Uh, they stopped doing it for a while because the Canadian dollar was either at par or better than the U.S. dollar. <laughs> Excuse me. And now, especially with the price of oil tanking the way it is, that's affecting some of the countries mm-hmm. like Canada where a big part of their economy is based on oil production. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I think that you're right. They might be floating a test balloon. For what will work for free dining, they want to get away from. I know they want to get away from that. I think that for them to offer this at value resorts, um, I again during their busiest season and for a large portion of the summer, we're not talking about one or two weeks here. No, most of the summer. It's most of the summer, with the exception of the Fourth of July holiday. Is we had we talked on the Dreams Unlimited Travel Show that we had heard a rumor. I had heard a rumor that Disney is. Um, thinking of getting away from advanced dining reservations, that they would only be same-day reservations uh, the way it used to be. You walked into the park and you made a reservation for that day, depending on where you wanted to eat. And I'm wondering if this is combined with that, and if we might drastically see a difference in in dining, that they no longer offer a free dining package, but a quick service thing. And that that would actually open up Dining reservations for a lot of the year. Well, it would they, also make it would also make getting dining a lot easier because people won't won't be so enticed to right, do because they can book if they could book this package at the last minute, and then all they have to worry about is getting their dining reservation that day. Well, you know, we had talked about Skipper Canteen, the new restaurant that opened at the Magic Kingdom last month, uh, is doing this very thing. They're not accepting advanced dining reservations it's go up to the podium when you're ready to eat and they'll hand you a buzzer and tell you how long it'll be before you get your table and we were there for the opening and i found it interesting that they kept referring to this as a test Mm -hmm. this policy of not taking reservations and doing it at the podium they referred to as a test and you know sometimes there's sometimes a word is just a word and sometimes a word really means something and it felt to me like this was part of a larger discussion i think in order to keep their restaurants busy for the whole time that they would have to at least accept the same day reservation 
Because, you know, otherwise you could have 400 people standing outside a restaurant at 6 o'clock and at 8 o'clock have it be absolutely empty. Mm-hmm. And I think – I don't think they'll do that. I think it, that they'll probably go to day of reservations. Like a, I'm hoping they do. I, I, yeah. I enjoy that, especially just coming from a local that we'll just pick up and go to a park. And like at Epcot, we'll – We'll look at, like near guest services. There's like the uh, plaque that'll say, "Okay, these these restaurants have availability," and you know they're they're not the ones that you would choose. But you know, well, do you remember when they you. used to? We talked about this on the other show. Do you remember <clears throat> when you used to go into Epcot and there was that bank of TV screens and you would talk to a live cast member and you would see what was available that day? Corey wasn't born yet. These are before. <laughs> I looked at Kathy and I know she. This was not before her time, but she before but, she started coming to Disney. Right, that was before my time. Yeah. Oh. Well, I remember him. It happened. I remember him. That was but the, the wall is still thing. there. Yes. Yeah. And what it was was you said, "What do you have available at one o'clock?" I think we're going to be hungry at one o'clock, and they would tell you the restaurants, and you would make your reservation uh, at the moment. I think this would cut down on duplicate reservations. Mm-hmm. I think it would cut down on stress of people who have no shows. Definitely. Yeah. Of people, you know, making reservations sixty days or six months prior to. When they get here, I think it's a great idea, to be honest with you. And I also think that it would address one of the big complaints people have right now with my Disney experience is the, how complicated everything is. If the dining aspect of planning your trip became a lot simpler mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in terms of, no, you don't have to be up six months in advance at six o'clock in the morning and on the phone to get be our guest or whatever. Um, might help with that. Interesting to see. We gotta we gotta move on. We can't talk too much because we got lots to get to. I have to say one more thing, and I promise I'll let it go. The other day we talked about my Disney experience again on the Dreams Unlimited Travel podcast, and one of the things I went home and I thought about it, and I always say I don't like it, and I think one of the things I figured out what it is. Disney used to be carefree to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to come to Disney, and it was carefree. I was like, let's go, let's do, let's see, what's next, Who, what's available. Oh, there's a line there, let's go do that. But it was carefree. Mm-hmm. There was, I, didn't, I never planned a thing. And now it's like you're moving the troops west. Right. So yeah. I think I missed the carefree part of it. And right. I think if they take out this dining thi- these dining reservations, I think that would make it more carefree. I'm done now. And okay. Just so everyone knows, the Dreams Unlimited travel show Kevin was referring to is for an upcoming episode. It didn't already happen and you missed it. Right. Sorry about that. You missed it. It was great. It was the best. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Kevin. Kathy. Okay. Going along with dining, now you're able to modify your dining reservations from your computer. You can do this up to 20 minutes before your ADR time. Uh, You can um, do it online. You can't do it through the app, though. So I don't know how many people are going to be sitting at their computer to do this. But my question, and I haven't seen the answer anywhere, is... You know, you had the 24-hour um, cancellation. Yeah. Um, nobody's saying that. So does that mean now you can go in, you can move it around, and then you get away from the cancellation fee? That's what was going to be my question. Does that mean that at 20 minutes now, your, your cancellation, your the fee will be waived if you cancel? Probably not. Right. Th- mm. Nobody said anything, and I've looked Has at a number of sources. Has anybody heard of anybody being charged that cancellation mm-hmm. fee? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had It's happened to me. Have you? I haven't. Yeah. I, I guess maybe I just haven't done it. I didn't know if it was something being enforced. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they will if you call up and just say, you know, the my dog ate my homework. They'll give you the money back. But yeah. Right. Well, if they change this dining plan, this that would alleviate that also. Sure. Sure. All right. Thank you, Kathy. Corey. All right. Um, 
the Willis clan will be performing at Raglan Road at Disney Springs. Oh. Hold up. Hold up. I'm, I'm a... I'm a I'm going to talk like about Bruce it. and Rumor? Uh, January 19th to the 22nd. All right. The, the Willis Clan band, say that five times, is made up of 12 siblings and their mom. Their dad is behind the scenes where I would be. Um, they write their own music using their Irish background and as a base for their sound, which combines several um, musical influences. The family was seen on America's Got Talent, and currently they have a reality show on TLC. They've opened for Brad Paisley and the band Perry. Their huh. latest album was number six on the iTunes pop charts. So they will be performing there at the, the patio stage on the... Um, it'll take place between 8 p.m. and 1, 1 a.m., depending on the day you go. So if you're, if you're a fan... We did watch them on America's yeah. Got Talent. So. That mother looks so tired. <laughs> I wonder How many kids? Twelve. Yeah, you'd be tired too. It's like stop it. <laughs> I wonder if like with the uh, with Disney Springs. Show out the band. <laughs> I wonder if we're going to see more drummer. Push. I'd be the dad behind the scenes. Push. <laughs> uh, it's like you want to go up to the father and say, "Leave her alone." <laughs> What's the matter with you? He's trying to make a band. <laughs> oh, apparently he's made a baseball team. <laughs> oh, honey, let's make a band tonight. Oh, all right, Corey, thank you. Band Craig, back to you. Uh, One time in band camp. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I'll stop now. Kylo Ren meet and greet will be coming to Star Wars Launch Bay at Disney World and Disneyland. I didn't find a time whenever or a it's good actually picture, opening. I was just going to say. <laughs> This could be any. This could be the Willis clan. Well, he's, <laughs> he's the father behind the scenes, wearing a mask, wow. reaching he's out for the mother. He's going to wear his mask the whole time at the meet and greet. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not. You're not going to see an Adam Driver lookalike uh, walking so around he, there. So he's not going to. He, he's not going to pull his mask off, and it's Barbara Streisand. Huh? He's not going to take off the dustbuster. <laughs> the minute, the first time I saw the movie, and he took the mask off, I'm like, oh my god, it's Barbara Streisand. And he does that thing. Oh, well, gorgeous. He does that thing with his hair like, like it's a Pantene commercial. <laughs> I just read a thing the other day that Starbucks will no longer allow you to give your name as Kyle Lauren. So when they call you out for your coffee, Kyle Loren. Oh. I will say this: I know someone who said they've seen them there already. So apparently it's in some sort of test. Oh, okay. That he's not. I know there's no official date for his release. Yeah, I would assume it has to, because for those of you who haven't seen uh, the launch bay, how it is now, uh, the one side is like the Empire, so that's where Kylo Ren's replacing Darth Vader. He won't be around anymore. Uh, And then Chewbacca's on the other side, but they actually, because it's in the rooms, uh, they have, although the actual character doesn't speak to you, they have voice responses that come back to whatever you're talking to them about. So I'm guessing they have to get that interaction down where it comes off naturally. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Craig. Chloe. Uh, mine's not very exciting. Slow news week, I guess. Uh, animal kingdoms flight flights of wonder will be closed from the 25th of January to, uh, March 17th. This is like when you hear about a really old celebrity dying and you go, weren't they dead already? <laughs> Wasn't this closed already? Yeah. Not I too like exciting. I disappoint bird fans everywhere. I did All hear three of them are upset. I did hear a fun rumor. That's not related to flights of wonder, but uh, carousel progress might be getting, it's a rumor, but there might, might be, be getting some, the birds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to see that. It's a great big one. <laughs> 
<laughs> As the birds poke out grandma's eyes. That would be great. Attack <laughs> uncle in the tub. Universal let that whole thing go. That'd be a great mashup, yeah. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock meets, uh, meets Carousel of Progress. Carousel <laughs> of Progress. It's the Tippy Caris- don't go in the attic. Oh, the Carousel of Terror. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be great. I think we've just come up with a new rhyme. <laughs> Grandpa, what was it like? <laughs> <laughs> what was your fun rumor? Uh, that Carousel's going to be getting new seats, new carpeting, and... Oh, this is much, much funnier. <laughs> <than that. laughs> no, it's about time. I, I hope yeah. you're right, because the last time I was in Carousel of Progress, I, I was I was disgusted. Musty. Yeah. Musty is the it word. smells like And the bathroom. carpet looks so cheap that, and, like, torn up. and mm-hmm. that, that an attraction that has that legacy... And that they story. Have to take out the grinding noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they move the, move the room. <laughs> All right, thank you, Steve. Um, I I really want to get to this review. Sure, um, let's do it. We uh, we had a chance yesterday, uh, Craig, myself, John, and Kevin, uh, to have lunch at Tony's Town Square Restaurant in the Magic Kingdom, and. Uh, Oh, there's just so much to say. Are we going to show Craig's package first? Yes, we have to show Craig's. <laughs> <laughs> His video package. Let's get right to it. Um, we, uh, like I said, we, we had lunch at the restaurant yesterday. It uh, wasn't particularly difficult, I, I don't think, to get a, a reservation. Um, no, it, it was not difficult. And uh, let's talk about what we uh, what we ordered, Kevin. Can we talk about what we liked first? I liked the, where our seat was, and I thought our waiter was really good. The first time ever we ate in the glass enclosed "quote unquote" outer room. Mm. It was very pretty. It was. Very it was nice. very nice. And on a chilly day, it was a great place to sit. Atmosphere was fantastic, <clears throat> and the, our waiter uh, was really good. Service was excellent. It goes downhill from <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, that's, that's about it. There's a couple of a couple of minor bright spots, but um, yeah, you're not going to get tan from them. <laughs> no, you're not. We started out. We ordered the zucchini fries. We ordered the calamari. We ordered the pasta fagioli, and we ordered the seasonal soup, which at the time was wedding soup. Everything was uh, between eight forty nine. Oh, the calamari was eleven ninety nine, and the soups were each six forty nine. Should we stop there and do this, or should we get yeah, through the whole list? Let's do that first. Okay. I will tell you, I had the zucchini fries, and I thought they were pretty good. We decided you won. That they were they were quite good. Um, nice uh, Thousand Island, you know, dipping sauce. Nothing. No, I mean, look, not out of this world. Not oh my god, I must go back to Tony's Town Square for the zucchini fries, but they were good. That was the only thing we ordered that we ate all of. Yeah. That plate went back empty. That should also tell you something. John, you had the wedding soup. Craig and I both had the wedding soup. Uh, pretty much it was um, colored water with meatballs floating in it. Hmm. It had no, The broth had no discernible flavor. None whatsoever. And salty water. Salty, it was salty salt water, water, yeah. We thought the meatballs were okay, but really this was just awful. Yeah, the meatballs were pretty good. Yeah. I thought the meatballs were pretty good. However, no, once good. you ate your three meatballs and you were full, and you're, I mean, it was just terrible. Soup itself was awful. I couldn't remember if there was any spinach at all after driving home, thinking about it. And looking at the picture, there is some, but barely any at all. Hardly any. There was spinach. There was vegetables in it. They were all cooked 
beyond recognition down to the point where they were just a mush. It was just awful. Just terrible. I had the pasta for Jewel. It would take <sighs> it would take the rust off your bumper. <laughs> every one of us tried it, and that everyone. Acidic, huh? Oh, it was battery acid in tomatoes. Um, this is going to be a theme anytime red sauce is involved. This came in a beautiful ceramic bowl, and it had a little ceramic top to keep it hot, which I thought was a nice touch. However, that's what went back of our soup. Yeah. In my opinion, this was inedible. It was so acidic and tart, and it's it's a problem for for those of you who have made a red sauce from a can. If you've made your own red sauce, your own marinara sauce from a can, you know that if you don't cook it enough in a certain way and add certain spices and ingredients, you're going to have that very acidic, almost tin tinny taste to it we actually decided to, we were trying to figure out if it had a fish flavor because it was so tinny and acidic this is out of a can and it has not had any love whatsoever <laughs> and that <clears throat> excuse me unfortunately was absolutely a theme for the lunch in terms of anything red that was on a plate um uh it, it was absolutely atrocious how bad it was and then for the table, we got the calamari. Which was cold, undercooked, rubbery. Oh, jeez. And as soon as it's, you know how you're not supposed to be able to smell fish? Yeah. As soon as it was set down, set on our table, all of us went, oh. Mm. Wait, is that the whole calamari dish? Yes. That's the calamari. Okay. It looks, looks like it was like different frying techniques. Well, it was. You have the rings and you have the tentacles, the, the legs. Um, which is okay. I'm fine with that. I, I enjoy both. But it literally was. It was so poorly executed. The breading fell off. The, the it calamari was soggy was, and cold. The calamari was like rubber bands. It was so chewy. And then, you know, to make it even better, they served it with a side of acid. <laughs> oh, my God. One of the worst red sauces ever. Ever. This Kevin said it's not like they opened a can of tomato paste and just emptied it into this little dish. It was awful. Awful, awful, awful. Now, we also ordered a flatbread. They call it their, um, I'm sorry, what is uh, Joe's Artisanal Pizza. Italian sausage, pepperoni, roasted peppers, caramelized onions, and garnished with fresh basil. I'm going to guess this was 11 inches long and 8 inches wide. Again, covered in battery acid red sauce. And came out, I don't think lukewarm would have done it justice. The cheese had healed. You know, once cheese gets cold again, it stops looking melted and yeah. kind of goes back to its original state. And this was a, um, something on there they're very proud of. It's an artisanal pizza. And I'm going to shock the daylights out of you. This was $18. Whoa. seventeen ninety nine. What? And I look, I will say That's this. Like it yeah, it could have been warmer. It was not awful. It was by no means the best flatbread pizza I'd ever had, and certainly by no means was it worth eighteen dollars. But in comparison to some of the other things we were had been served and we were about to be served, 
uh, for for our meal, uh, this was one of the highlights for me. Was that it wasn't terrible. I always gauge this on how much went back, and two thirds of this went yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. That tells you something when you have four hungry guys, and we all sat down and said, "We're starving." Two thirds of our eighteen dollar artisanal flatbread went back. What did the waiter say? Did he say anything? No. I don't get. The, I get the feeling he's not surprised when things okay. go back. No one mentioned. Why are you not eating this? We were polite. How were things? Oh, okay. This was Thank not you. adversarial at all. No, we our, our waiter was great. One of the things what we've always tried to do when we do any restaurant review is we don't do the "this is terrible, send it back" to right. something new. We try to do it first impression and just sort of move from there. But it was funny. The only time he actually asked, like, oh, did you not like that? Was whenever uh, you said something about your coffee. You overheard that. was the only time. Oh, really? John ordered a cup of coffee, and they they told him the milk was 1% milk, and he brought him a cup of coffee and a whole little creamer of milk, and John poured the entire creamer into the cup of coffee, and the coffee was still coffee-colored. Not coffee with cream. It was still almost black. Um, Pete ordered a cup of coffee and asked for whole milk or cream. Half and half. Half and half. And got a real cup of coffee. It was pretty good, too. Yeah, It was a Joffrey's. It was good. The the pizza garnish looks like confetti to me. Well, this is a theme. I've decided they got their shredded cheese from Central Shops. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the snow that falls on Main Street. The cheese did not look real. And it never melted. You'll see it in some other pictures, too. We moved on to entrees, and I consider a, a great test is chicken parm at any Italian restaurant. Yeah, Chicken parm is kind of like one of the basics that mm-hmm. transcends all Italian restaurants. Mm-hmm. So anytime I go to an Italian restaurant that I haven't been to in a while, I get the chicken parm. Pete ordered the chicken parm also. John ordered the cannelloni. And Craig ordered the spaghetti and meatballs, as that was what the waiter said was the most popular dish on the menu. (laughs) All of them had red sauce on them. And all I can tell you is the vast majority... Oh, uh, Pete and I realized that if you took your knife and your fork and you removed all traces of the red sauce, you basically had one giant chicken tender, and it was edible. Yeah. But it was... Panko crusted fried chicken. Yeah, I actually thought that uh, the breading on the chicken was 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 unique. Was interesting. Was it's an interesting breadcrumbs. No, but I'm saying that they obviously did something to it. It had a sweetness to it. It okay. had, um, and I'm like, oh, okay, wow, that's a really nice, that's a really nice flavor profile. Of course, you know, you molest it with that 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 vile red sauce. With any Italian restaurant, if you don't have your sauce down. Everything else, no, is, they it's do not, not have their sauce down. I mean, they it's do just, not everything have the, has that. I know. will say that the pasta was cooked correctly. It wasn't mush. It wasn't dumbed down. The spaghetti was cooked well. So, and the chicken was fried, and then they covered it with a glop of undercooked red sauce. And if you, I finally removed every. I even blotted it with a napkin at oh, one point <laughs> to get rid of it. And I did eat my whole chicken. But the pasta and that horrific sauce. I will say, I, I honestly have to say that um, I'm not ridiculously picky when it comes to my red sauce. So- I'm picky with this red sauce I make. Okay, when I cook it myself, then I'm very picky. But generally speaking, you know, I I don't think ever in my life have I actively looked to scrape marinara sauce off something because it was so bad. I, I, I'm not that picky. 
I don't think I am but either. This was this was really just that bad. It was just bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, inedible bad. This wasn't just oh, it's a taste preference. Everyone at the table could not eat their. Red it sauce made on your tongue feel raw. Yeah, it was awful. So I don't know. I mean, maybe this was a bad batch. Um, <laughs> You know, but, I'm willing to give them the so benefit generous. of the doubt. But I've got to say, I watched other dishes go back. Yeah, a lot of dishes were going back half eaten. Right. That's a bad sign. John had the cannelloni, and his had the red sauce over it, but then they had put like a cheesy, creamy sauce. Like a bechamel around or bechamel it. around the outside. Which is like one of my favorite things ever. But if you mix that with a little bit of the red sauce, it toned it down. So he gave me a bite. And I said, well, that's better than what well, I the, had. Yeah, the cream is going to... The, the cream, cream is and gonna, the cheese. Well, it's awesome, going to yeah. help, help bring down the acidity. I couldn't eat it. I sent 90% of it back. Mm. Even with pushing the stuff aside and mixing up, I thought it was awful. It was just a giant bowl of mush that tasted bad. Pasta okay, Craig, you're up. <laughs> yeah, so spaghetti and meatballs. Um, so everybody got red sauce, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there See, was, I'm more of a chicken piccata, chicken yeah, marsala. Those, those aren't on here. However, oh, those aren't on this there, is yeah. the menu presented. The very limited menu. I'm going to read you the rest of the entrees. Um, there's a margarita pizza. There's a Caesar salad. There's a New York strip steak. There is Joe's artisanal pizza. There's a pasta primavera which is vegetables cooked in garlic and olive oil. And then there is a shrimp scampi. Those are the options. Okay. Yeah, the, the pasta primavera was my initial choice that I was going to go with. And I was thinking about it, too. Whenever yeah. they said, oh, well, yeah, spaghetti and meatballs, it's like, okay, well, for the sake of the review, go with that. Um, and just like the the soup, the meatball was actually really good. It was just a larger version of it. You can tell that uh, that's not like a frozen meatball that they just warmed up somehow. Yeah, it's a sausage it was, meatball, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was made with uh, care. Um, and I, I did scrape the sauce off of it, and I had both meatballs, and they were both good. And uh, I was able to eat some of the pasta, too, that wasn't uh, on the Yeah, but when you have side. to do an autopsy and dinner to eat it. <laughs> I, I flat out said that I would have preferred it if it would have just came with, like, buttered noodles in the two meatballs and went the kids' route on uh, the food. It would have actually been a really good meal then. Yeah. Yeah, a jar of Prego would have been three steps up from this. And I, and I consider Prego, well... I consider ragu the worst red mm-hmm. sauce ever made in the history of red sauce. But now there's a new contender. There's a new contender for the bottom. Yeah, it's a race to the bottom here. But we, uh, that would have been. I think ragu would have been better than this. We ordered a couple of desserts. Um, Pete had the no sugar added raspberry sorbet. We also ordered the. There was a special dessert that day. The chef's selection was a lemon cheesecake with. Um. Well, it looked like corn and raspberry cooling. <laughs> yeah. And Craig ordered the tiramisu. I'm sorry. I've never seen. That's how it came out. Do you see the in chocolate a, running down the side? In a coffee cup. It was of. a coffee cup where somebody had taken a splotch of this and went, Phoop. that was the presentation at a Disney restaurant. Huh. This is a pre-plated dessert. You could tell they have all of these in the freezer yeah. somewhere or refrigerator somewhere. And then they bring them out. And- how was the sorbet? The sorbet was okay. Um, it was it was okay. Raspberry I mean, sorbet. It was raspberry sorbet, it was and it really wasn't particularly good raspberry sorbet. It just wasn't It wasn't disgusting. I thought it was really tart. It uh, didn't have red sauce on it. But I like that. I do yeah. like that tartness to, to some of my desserts and things like that. So I don't mind that. Um, it just, yeah, it didn't, didn't blow my skirt up. Craig, how was the um, tiramisu? 
it wasn't awful. I ate a good amount of it. It just didn't really taste like any tiramisu I've ever had before. Uh, I did appreciate the the cleverness of serving the tiramisu in a coffee cup, but yeah, they did it so sloppily that it was kind of lazy on their part, especially for a what six dollars fifty cents for that dessert. Seven dollars. Yeah, that's you should be able to get a little bit more than that. It was espresso soaked ladyfingers, whipped mascarpone, and dark chocolate shavings. I'm sorry. I serve things better at home when I'm going to eat in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. I take more care with that. Uh, we had the lemon cheesecake, which was the special of the um, excuse me, the special of the day, which I thought was excellent. I I loved it. I liked the little mound of lemon cheesecake. The little things around it were a little tart, but you liked them. I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I don't like. Was that, that lemon too? Yeah, this was the, the little dollops around that are lemon. And the and raspberry, raspberry and it's a raspberry okay. skid mark underneath. <laughs> um, this was the best thing we tasted. John doesn't like Disney desserts. This was the best thing I tasted. And how much all day. was that one? That was five ninety nine. Are you hanging on? Dinner for the four of us. Lunch. Now, lunch. Lunch for the four of us. Excuse me. Now, now consider we did order a pizza and we did order calamari. These so we could taste them. But lunch for the four of us was one hundred and seventy-seven dollars. Whoa, jeez! Yep, no alcohol. No, no alcohol. No alcohol. <laughs> there was a diet coke. There was an iced tea. There were two coffees. That's it. That was it. Jeez. So it was, and we used tables in Wonderland. So after, it was basically the same. But then the tip was included. Right. right. Can we talk about the location? That you know, I've never been uh, to this restaurant before. I guess because of the location, it's right as you enter the park. And usually you enter the park and you're you're on a mission. Get down Main Street. And by the time and you're coming to lunch or dinner, you're too far into the park to come yeah. all the way back. Right. This should be the premier restaurant in any Disney park anywhere. I was gonna ask that. Like is it is it a restaurant that is often overlooked because people are so ready to get into the park and get on with their day, or is it something that should be Well, this is this this falls into what I think we can we can now call uh, Hollywood and Vine syndrome. Uh, it has a built-in popularity because of its location, uh, and as a result, paying attention to quality, taste, flavor, presentation out the window, mm-hmm. out the window. There's, and, and I know we always, whenever we give reviews like this, especially to restaurants like this, there is invariably that person, those people who will say you don't like anything and you're too picky. Listen, I like plenty and I like plenty at Disney World and I talk about it all the time. But when it's crap, it's crap and somebody's got to say it. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to think it's crap. And that doesn't mean either one of us are wrong. That's number one. Number two. When a lunch anywhere, I don't care if it's in a theme park or out, when a lunch anywhere is $43 per person, you got a right to be picky. And you got a right to say, you know what? Do a better job in how you prepare and present this food for $43 a person for lunch. And number three, there's no excuse that we're doing it for the kids because they want to see the characters because this is not a character meal. They don't have characters to fall back on. This is just plain bad. It's bad food, and it doesn't need to be in one of the flagship theme parks in the world. 
Kevin is absolutely right. This should be a beacon of how it is done. Instead, it is a highway robbery taking place in the Magic Kingdom to soak you out of as much money as they can without paying any attention whatsoever to the quality or, or flavor of what they're serving you. The, de- the theming in this restaurant is a statue of Lady and the Tramp in the center of the back part of the restaurant. Well, dogs would enjoy this restaurant. Right. But then the rest of the <laughs> restaurant, I mean, where we were sitting, the theming was reduced to window clings. You know those vinyl window things you stick on for mm. holidays? That's the level of theming. And I'm sorry, this has the best location. I mean, first of all, it's perfect per- for parade viewing. Oh, yeah. And... It has the premier location of any restaurant in any theme park anywhere. And Disney has proven that they can make good Italian food. Right. There's the new restaurant in Epcot that serves very good Italian food. Oh, it's not about it's not about a it's not about ability. It's about willingness. It's about why should we? We're making money, people are coming, we're filling the place. What do we care? And the restaurant was crowded as we left. When we went in, we had a reservation at 1 o'clock, and the restaurant started to fill up. When we were leaving, the rest of the restaurant was fairly full. Hmm. And that's where Disney gets a shame on you. Because this is an absolute classic example of its location, location, location. Screw everything else. This restaurant should not. And this restaurant has been consistently this bad. Consistently this bad. Um. It's also filled because of the lack of sit-down restaurants. With Be Our Guest being out of reach, you have Liberty Tree Tavern. Other than that, it's pretty much fast food. Well, and you got Skipper Canteen now. Oh, that's right. I haven't been there yet. And but I think that's exactly why we were <laughs> able to get into Tony's Town Square so easily on Martin Luther King Day. Because now that you have Skipper Canteen, this is the first one to start losing uh, some of its popularity. Well, I'll tell you what, Skipper Canteen is a much, much, much better option than Tony's Town Square. If you want to spend some money and get a halfway decent meal, a better than halfway decent meal, go to Skipper Canteen. Skip this dump. Now, I also have to say, we got a reservation very easily on Friday for that Monday. And then on Sunday, we decided to move it from dinner to lunch. And that was done without a problem also. Mm. So reservations were available. Yeah. I, I mean, my, my, look, if, if, if my opinion matters to any of you, uh, skip this place. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. There are better places to eat in the Magic Kingdom. There are better experiences. You know what? Cosmic Rays is going to serve you a better meal. Go get a waffle sandwich at Sleepy Hollow. There you go. I mean, there's just a lot of better options. And this should be your last stop. This should be, there's no place else to eat. And if I don't eat now, I'm going to die. Um, outside of that, outside of that, skip this place. And I know, I'm sure there are some of you out here who love it, out there who love it, and think it's the best, the best restaurant. And look, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I am. You're wrong. It's not <laughs> um, the best restaurant. It's not the well, best if, anything. No, I'm saying that you know we can have differing opinions, and nobody has to be wrong. This is just mine. This is just mine. That's all. And I just happen to have a microphone. Um, so this was a snapshot of our experience. I have eaten here before. Uh, this is pretty much the same experience I've had every time I've eaten there. Not had a good meal there. Um, I go back because of what we do, and I want to see. Maybe they have changed because things can change. We've seen it happen many times. And I hope that at some point Disney says, yeah, you know what? We can do better here, and we should. We also all went in and had the discussion before we ordered anything. Let's do this with an open mind. Don't come in with right, a preconceived exactly. notion that this is horrible. And I always do. Always do. I know you do as well. 
You're open. You, we want it to be good. We want to come back and say, this was great. Unfortunately, this time, fate was against us, and so was the red sauce. So um, we're not able to. But yeah, that's our, uh, that's our experience at Tony's Town Square Restaurant. So with that, that will do it for this episode of The Diz Unplugged. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back with you again next week with another edition of our show. Take care, everybody, and remember, stay out of Tony's Town Square Restaurant. Go into the lakes before you go into Tony's Town Square Restaurant, okay? (laughs) 